This is Ashley. And Maggie. And you're listening to The Watering Hole, a place where animals and animal enthusiasts regularly drink. Every episode, we'll talk about different animals and why they're cool. From basic biology to the threats they face and what people are doing about it. All while under the influence. mouthing along as I said that. <laughs> so it occurred to me that every episode we read our intro and outro, but like we know them by heart at this point. So I don't know why we need to read them. I because I mess it up when I do read it. <laughs> Actually, the amount of time I know that is true. I'm thinking back throughout this season, both of us have struggled hard. Oh god, yes. Okay. But I appreciate I appreciate it. Uh, it was kind of like you were fangirling to our own podcast. I was. I was fangirling. Was I'm great. so excited to be here tonight. I feel like we've just got so much to catch up on. I we have know. a lot to catch up our listeners on. Yeah. So, first of all, first and foremost, we are recording in Ashley's house today. Yeah. Not mine. Yeah, which will be, as you can as you as probably, you hear, I live off a pretty main road in DC, uh, and also like right down the street from a fire department. So we'll see if there's any fires in DC tonight. We also are one mic short. Yeah, I, uh, I, I brought my mic, just not a cord. Well, you brought a cord, and then for some reason it's not working, and we don't know why. We don't have the technical skills. <laughs> I, my main thing was just to unplug it and replug it in again and again, and surprisingly, that didn't work. Uh, so we're on one mic. It's fine. It's great. We're really close to give you a visual. Yeah, we're like, I'm on, I'm in Ashley's lap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's my choice. It has nothing to do with uh, the setup right here. Right. Um, but no. So uh, ignore any car sounds. If it's um, echoey, sorry, sorry, but like you're gonna have to bear with us. I mean, you didn't listen to this for quality, so <laughs> if that was your goal, I don't know how you made it to episode seven of season two. Um, uh, but we appreciate you being here nonetheless. Thank so. you. And the reason we're, record- we're recording in your house yeah. is because I no longer have a house in DC. No! I have moved out of the great district of Columbia to the deep south of the far north, Maine. It's so sad. I know. I know. I am a full 10-hour drive away. Yeah. That's really far. But it's great so far. Good. Good. Um, I will say every time you post a picture of, like, the woods, I'm like, god damn it. I have, like, one tree I can see. It's quite magical. It is, however, hunting season right now. So Argos has a massive orange vest that he wears. Good plan. Because he's the size of a deer. But, yeah, so that's my big update. I moved. Yeah, that's crazy. It's a big one. I also think it's important to point out that this week we are not drinking wine. We are drinking some rosé ciders, baby. If you have not had yourself some rosé cider. Oh my god, it's so good. You have not lived. I was like, mm, will Maggie be mad about this when I tell her that's what, she, what I have? And uh, she was not mad. <laughs> I think my response all. was, ooh, love. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, so I'm that's what we got tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah, need another episode. one soon. Good. I have three left. Okay. So we can each have one more and then maybe split one. And I also have red wine. Perfect. I also have one can of gin and tonic. That's so weird. What else? So we are in Ashley's 
room, her bedroom right now, and I would like to point out all of the cool things that are in this room, most of which are rhino-themed. That's your favorite animal. I love rhinos. So there's a lot of rhino-themed things in this bedroom. Yes. Uh, A painting, bookends, a bunch of sculptures. Uh, A stuffed animal that I regularly have in my bed. Um, There's unrelated... I just noticed Ashley had some fish earrings. Oh, yeah. And I pointed those out and I was like, oh, man, I used to have a pair like this. And then Ashley goes, yeah, you got those for me, (laughs) which I have absolutely no recollection of. Maggie, you gifted me a lot of things, so I don't know why that didn't click for you. I, when did I do this? It was a while. I mean, it was a while ago. I don't remember when it was. Where did I get them? That's, I wouldn't know that. <laughs> I got them this, I got the second half of that. You got them and then I got what you gave away. No idea. No idea. I also, you can't see because most of them have fallen. I also have rhino earrings. Mm. Um, I have also have ray earrings. I have whale fluke earrings. I got a lot of animals. You have my I should, painting. I do have your painting. That's cool. Of course. And I, I will like to say that it, it's always up there. I didn't, oh, was it like Maggie's coming over? I'm going to put up oh. this painting. <laughs> I'm going to get another drink. Yeah. Do you want one? Quick pause. Yeah. Do you want help? Maggie's gone for a second. Yep. She's yelling at me. Yeah. She thinks she can get us two ciders and open them and bring them back without knowing my kitchen. Heads up. My kitchen is like super disorganized. So we'll see how she does. She found the ciders. They were in the fridge. That was a given. I heard a whoops, and something fell. Ladies and gentlemen, she did it. Thank you. Had a couple of issues while I was there. I I thought you might. My kitchen is not well organized. If you heard a loud boom, everything's fine. <laughs> Man, you limped back in. It was crazy. Oh, God. All right. So. Yeah. I'm so excited for our animals. <gasps> so excited for mine. Good, so good. who you go first, I think, because Do I? it's an odd episode they're all odd (laughs) (laughs) they're all odd (laughs) that's good sweet yeah I'll totally go first okay so this is the fact that I'm gonna give you okay I always feel the pressure when you do this (laughs) (laughs) I think you I would think you would get I feel like I'm not batting well this season I'm not often guessing what they are I mean that's fair (laughs) but this one I'll give you its Latin name that's the, not Latin na- help me. the Latin name of the family is Macropodidae, which, do you know what that means? Large. Large. Podidae. Yeah. Po, po, po. Pod is also like ped. Oh, so it's a large bipedaled animal? Not bipedaled, but... Large, large feet. Large feet, yes. So that narrows it down to like a hair well, or oh. something else with really big feet in comparison to the rest of their body. Yeah. They got big feet. They're very important. Are they found on only like one continent? Yeah. <laughs> Are they? <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm pretty sure I think I know what it is. Is it kangaroos? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was afraid you were laughing because that was also your animal. No, that would have been really cool, though. (laughs) Thank God. I was like... Extra kangaroo episode. I was like, I haven't been to Australia. Maggie has. If anything, she has more rights to do kangaroo (laughs) than I do. That's super cool. All right. But I'm pretty sure this is our first marsupial. Right? Long, thoughtful pause. 
And a car. And, and like, some kind of motored vehicle. Also, one thing I've learned living in this apartment, people do not take good care of their cars in D.C. They oh, all no, make no, no. extremely loud noises. I mean, I certainly didn't. I don't, so. Um, I don't, I don't know if we've done a marsupial before. I don't think so. No, probably yeah. not. This is exciting. Um, do you all know what a marsupial is, guys? Raise your hand. <laughs> I'm, like, listening for an answer. <laughs> Nothing's going to come. Um, marsupials are a group of animals, I think, I should have literally defined marsupial, and I didn't. But they're the ones with the pouches, basically. <laughs> they're the ones with the pouches. They give birth, but to like very, very tiny, tiny babies. Like preformed. That then live in an exterior pouch, basically like attached to a mother's nipple, and that's where they grow and spend a good amount of their lives. That um, was the best description you could have possibly been. Oh my God, thank you. Um, you know, uh, Merriam's Dictionary. What's that called? What's the dictionary called? Merriam Webster's? Webster's Dictionary has been knocking at my door for my definitions. <laughs> that was my joke. I got it out. Anyway, other marsupials include probably famously koalas. Mm-hmm. I think kangaroos might be the most famous marsupial. Probably. Definitely like red kangaroos. They're like the the they're big, the biggest. Yeah, they're the biggest. Koalas are very cute. People very much love koalas. I had Aww. two koala build-a-bears growing up. That's where you make your own stuffed animal. Two. Yes, one was named Toby. I don't remember what I named the other Aww. one. And most marsupials live in uh, Australia, on Australia, around Australia. However, we do have a marsupial in North America. Miss, uh, Mr. Wayne, can you answer the question for me? That would be the opossum. This is true. Oh my god, I saw an opossum on the street the other day. There- oh. They're really, really no, cool. They're, like, super cool, but also creep me out. Oh, because they've got, like, the creepiest face, and then when they look at you, they're just like, ah. Well, because I also saw it at, like, 8 in the morning when I was walking Ollie, Ew. and they're, they I'm sh- pretty sure they're nocturnal. They're nocturnal, yeah. It didn't, like, look, so, like, a lot of times if you see something that's supposed to be, that's nocturnal out in the day, it's not necessarily a great sign. It's also not necessarily a bad thing. Like, maybe someone just, like, disrupted them. But I was walking Ollie. He saw it first and was like, what is this? And I was like, fuck this, Ollie. I don't, don't be interested in right, this. Right, right. So I was walking down one side of the street, all, and the opossums on the other side of the street wow. just, like, kind of going from, like, car to car, like, Aww. going down. So I think it, I don't, I think it was just, like, got disturbed and was, like, looking for a place Aww, to go. Like, can I climb this? But can I, I climb also this? did not want to be in, like, I didn't want it behind me because at one point it did stop and we made very direct eye contact. <laughs> and I was like, I'm uncomfortable when I do this with people, let alone an opossum. Oh, um, they're so cute, So though. eventually I literally turned down a street that I don't walk down normally <laughs> to get away from the opossum. And then when I looped back around, I saw it coming down a different street. Aww. So, like, it was probably just out trying to find a new place. Like, it yeah. probably got disturbed, but it it freaked me out. Poor and Ollie was, like, way too interested. I was like, don't. I was like, cut it out. We're not being interested in this today. <laughs> but, yeah. So that's my opossum story that I forgot about until right now. Right, but back to Australia. Yeah. And back to kangaroos. So they're in the family Macropodia, or Macropodidae, meaning large foot, because they have famously very large feet. Very big feet. Because they hop a lot. They're big hoppers. But this family includes not only kangaroos, but also wallabies and tree kangaroos. Um, Oh, my fave. I know. Honestly, I think I want to do a whole, like, whole episode on just tree kangaroos. I'm mainly going to focus on just kangaroos. Mm -hmm. Um, There are four species of kangaroos. Red kangaroos, eastern gray kangaroos, 
western gray kangaroos, and the antelopine kangaroo. What? I've never heard of that one. Which I didn't write it down, but I'm pretty sure it's basically another version of the of the gray kangaroo, but it's more north. Oh. It's the smallest of the kangaroos. So and then cool. 50, there's about 50 species of smaller tree kangaroos and wallabies. Yes. There's but so many wallaby species. So many. I do not go into them. <laughs> Wise. But they believe, so kangaroos and wallabies belong in the same taxonomic family. Again, that is Macropodia, which honestly, that's the best I've done all season. I think so. No it's, stuttering. It's also the easiest. Macropodia. Um, and they're often in the same genera, so that's one level down. Mm-hmm. And the term wallaby is an informal way of designating um, a member of the family that's smaller than a kangaroo. And they don't, wallabies don't. Do you hear that? Someone's getting arrested. Someone's having too much fun. It's not us, sir. Wallabies don't exactly look like kangaroos, though. Even though they are smaller, yes, they don't just look like miniature versions of right. them. They look very distinctly different. Yeah. I don't have any information on that, but you are correct. It's not just like, <laughs> wallabies aren't just small kangaroos. They do yeah. have a lot of other things that make them distinct. But because they're all in the same family, I think like the the general rule of thumb is if it's above your waistline, like... Or is it shoulder? Taller. If it's like taller than your waist, then it's a kangaroo. If it's lower than your waist, it's probably that actually, a wallaby. I think that makes sense based yeah. on the kangaroos I saw. Yeah. So. Cool. So I'm going to meet, I'll talk a little bit here and there about wallabies and also wallaroos, which is <gasps> yeah! not a technical term, right. but it's a way of distinguishing some of those larger wallabies. But mainly I'm going to focus on kangaroos, just kind of more generic. Great. So one thing, they're indigenous to Australia. Yes. Which means they're from Australia. Nobody took a kangaroo from, you know, Europe (laughs) and brought it over to Australia. They've been there for years. Australia is such a cool place because of all the unique wildlife that Mm -hmm. exists nowhere else on the planet. Yeah. There are so many things that are there that are not anywhere else, like, or anything even close like yeah. even though opossums are also marsupials they're nothing other than the pouch or and being a mammal they're nothing like kangaroos or koalas or koalas yeah they're completely different almost but so because they're indigenous to australia and they're large and everyone knows about them they are a symbol of australia it's used sure. in the coat of arms and in a lot of currency you see kangaroos they're fucking everywhere i you mean know, you know what else they're on what wooden painted plates Designed no! by Aborigines. Listen, so I was dog sitting for Maggie, and when I would do- used to dog sit for Maggie, I would just stay at her apartment, and Ollie would come with me, and Ollie and Iris would hang out all day. But my dog has this thing called separation anxiety, <laughs> and if you leave him in a new place, even if I leave him at my apartment, sometimes he panics and he'll chew on things, and I thought I had hit everything that he could possibly chew on, <laughs> and I was wrong. Maggie had just gotten back from Australia. She had these beautiful coasters. I had hit almost all of the coasters Mm -hmm. except for this one. And Ollie found it and chewed it up. It wasn't just the coasters, Ashley. It was the actual plate. It was a wooden... Oh, shit. Yeah, he did that, too. Okay, the plate one I was... I didn't know that the plate was wooden. It was... Yeah, oh, yeah. I thought it was ceramic. And Ollie doesn't chew on ceramic. Oh, no. It was... So it was a wooden, (laughs) like, dish. And it was hand-painted by an aborigine. Mm-hmm. It had a beautiful kangaroo on it. And it was just so cool. And, and my dog ate it. <laughs> and I still feel so bad about it. Luckily, Maggie was very understanding. But I do owe her 
a lot. Ollie also has eaten two of her retainers, so. <laughs> Ollie's eaten a lot at my house. Who wants to dog sit for me? <laughs> so I can't go anywhere. Oh, it's lucky I love him. Also, look at him. He he's, does not care about anything we are doing right Mm-mm. now. But anyway, so I have a bunch of information about where the name kangaroo comes from. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Probably more than necessary. So I'm probably going to pronounce a lot this next thing wrong, and I apologize. This next name. Um, <clears throat> so kangaroo derives from the Googie Yimithur rule word. God damn. That's not the part I was thought I was going to... I couldn't say I word, right? Been, I don't think you've said any word currently. <laughs> Oh, I I believe it's like an indigenous group, Googie, Goog, Goog, It's G U U G U is one word. G U U G U Googoo, and then Y I M I T H I R R. Yimithur. Googoo Yimithur. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Did it. Perfect. And that refers to gray kangaroos. Um. Oh, and the word. Sorry, the word was kangaroo. G A G. Nope. G-A-N-G-U-R-R-U. So that's where they think it arrived. I can't talk. That's where they think it derived from. The first recorded, the first time it was recorded was July 12th, 1770. In an entry in the diary of Sir Joseph Banks. (laughs) This word. How do we know that? However, the belief is, they probably found the diary. Okay. It's the first, first time they see it somewhere. Great. In history. The theory is that that word actually means I don't understand you. And oh, so the theory is. I've heard this. Is that they saw the gray kangaroo and they went up to an indigenous person and said, what is this? Don't and the person me. said, kangaroo, which means I don't understand you because they didn't speak, speak English. And they just took it as kangaroo. And so that's where the name comes from. It has not been proven, but it hasn't been disproven. Other things kangaroos are called. Male kangaroos are also called bucks, boomers, jacks, or old men. <laughs> which I really appreciate. Females are called does, flyers, or jills. Babies are joeys. I think most of us know that. And then the collective noun for kangaroos is usually a mob, troop, or court. I think mob is, mob. is the most, most used. So size... These are going to be the technical sizes. We're going to start very small, and we're going to get pretty big. So I'll give you the sizes of wallabies, tree kangaroos, and wallaroos, and then we're going to kind of just jump into... Go for it. We're going to hop into kangaroos. (laughs) So wallabies, head and body length of 45 to 105 centimeters. Fuck, I meant to look up what it is in inches. I didn't. 17. Inches? Inches. Feet. (laughs) 17 inches to 39 inches. Okay. So under, probably under like a meter or less. Yes. Um, and that doesn't include their tail. Um, tail is 33 to 75 centimeters. 12.9, so 13. Thank you. The dwarf wallaby is the smallest member of the family. And it is 46 centimeters long and weighs 1.6 kilograms. <gasps> That's adorable. It's teeny tiny. 18 inches. 18 inches. How much is 1.6 kilograms? <laughs> If you hear a lot of typing, that's Maggie doing my research for me. 3.5 pounds. Oh my god! So tiny. That's a baby. That's that's less weight than our microphones. <gasps> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> These things are heavy. So those are wallabies. Again, that's, a, that's the dwarf wallaby specifically, so the smallest one. 
tree tree kangaroos. There's the lump holtz tree kangaroo. Body and head length of 48 to 65 centimeters. So that's actually kind of within, that's like the same size as wallabies. Tail of 60 to 75 centimeters, though. They have much longer tails. You want to know why? Because they're in the trees. They need that to help them climb. Yes. Um, weight of 7.2 kilograms or 16 pounds. I don't know why I have it in here. Great. Consistency is key. Uh, for males. And then 5.9 kilograms or 13 pounds for females. Again, I feel like this is also a weight of a pug. <laughs> Throwback. Uh, to the grizzled tree kangaroo. That's the species. Grizzled tree kangaroo. Maggie's going to look it up. Length of 75 to 90 kilometers. Kilometers? Something's wrong here. <laughs> The longest fucking kangaroo. <laughs> I'm imagining like a long it's... ass tail. <laughs> like, you just see it going down the sidewalk and it's like, oh, there's a tree kangaroo up ahead. <laughs> so I'm in centimeters. <laughs> I said it and I was like, shit. <laughs> um, yeah, 75 to 90 centimeters. Uh, which is 30 to 35 inches, and a weight between 8 and 15 kilograms, which is 18 to 33 pounds. So they're pretty small. Now, Tita, do you see them grizzled? So I want to point out that I've Googled grizzled tree kangaroo, and the results are varied in terms of imagery. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But there's one where he is just a big, fat fuck, and he's got a tiny little head. Yep. And I just want to squeeze him. Seems accurate. (laughs) So those are our tree kangaroos. There's a fly. I didn't get it. That was probably so loud. It was. Uh, wallaroos. So the black wallaroo is the smallest by far, but its tail length is 60 to 70 centimeters and it weighs, I only have the tail length, not the rest of the body. (laughs) Guys, I'm like really good at research. Uh, and a weight of 19 to 22 kilograms or 14.8 to 48.5 pounds. These guys are a bit bigger. And that's for males. Females usually weigh in at 13 kilograms or 28.6 pounds for females. What what is what is a wallaroo? What what is a wallaroo? So, because it sounds like a wallaby and it sounds like a kangaroo, is it a hybrid? No. So I don't know for sure, but wallaby is more of like a layman's term. Like it's not actually a distinct class, like classification, because they're all. Uh, in the family. You're looking it up. Wallaroo is a common name for species of moderately large macropod. Intermediate in size between kangaroos and wallabies. Yeah, so I don't think there's a distinct line between kangaroos and wallabies. Okay. It's more of like a gradient. So okay. it's usually determined by size. So wallaroos wallaroos are the ones in between kangaroos and wallabies. Got so you it. can either think of them as really big wallabies or really small kangaroos. Okay. And then kangaroos, a large male, red kangaroo, those are the largest, can be two meters or six feet and seven inches tall and weighs 90 kilograms or 200 pounds. That's bigger so than a man. We've got, we've made quite the leap here. <laughs> quite the hop. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, quite the leap. Pretty good, pretty good. Do you know how far they can leap in a single bound? Um, I probably have it here somewhere. You Do you know? I used to know because I used to be really excited about this fact. I I want to say it's like 30 feet. I wouldn't be surprised. I actually don't know if I have that red in Red kangaroo. So red kangaroos can leap over 25 feet in a single bound. Shit. See? Maggie's here to help me with my uh, 
information. But yeah, so those are the sizes we have going on. So I think, yeah, I was right. If it's below, like, a grown, like, an adult, an average-sized adult's waist, Mm -hmm. it's a wallaby. If it's over that, it's a kangaroo. And there's a lot more wallabies, so a lot more of the smaller ones, and not as many as the larger ones. In terms of number of species. In terms of population, that's not the case. Um, So, general description of our kangaroos. They're large. They have powerful hind legs. With feet adapted for leaping. So, a comfortable hopping speed for a red kangaroo. <laughs> comfortable hopping speed. So, like, they're not, they're just cruising along at a normal space. Bloop, bloop, space. Bloop. Pace. Pace. Yeah, so I think that's what that means. A comfortable hopping speed is sure. like, okay, just like going from one place to another. Like How a, you'd walk down, a walk. Like a bunny would. Yes, exactly. Sure. <laughs> Bunnies are only ever comfortably hopping. They're never fast. They're never slow. Um, but it's about 20 to 25 kilomo- kilometers per hour, or 12 to 16 miles per hour. That's uh, kind of speedy. Yeah. That's a, that's a very brisk walk. Okay, so walking maybe wasn't... It might be, a, might be a jog. A jog. Really? They're just very active, I guess. Oh, maybe maybe comfortable hopping speed just means, like, not super energy intensive. Boing, boing, boing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it would sound like. Um, but speeds of up to 70 kilometers per hour or 43 miles per hour can be obtained uh, over short distances. So they don't go fast unless they have to, kind of, I feel like humans or most animals aren't going to just go at full speed all the time. <laughs> that's just like, we need, no. We need to find one that does. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't go like a ton into their feet because there's just so much. But I think it's really interesting. 70% of potential energy is stored in the elastic tendons in their feet. Whoa! So, like, they're just, like, just think of, like, a spring. Like, they're ready to go at, like, any moment. Yeah. Like, they just, like, whoop, whip forward. Like, they don't even have to put that much effort into it because of the tendons That's in so their cool. feet. That's so cool. It's insane. Also, I think everyone should look up a kangaroo hind foot, hind leg. Because it, it's really funny looking, and it just looks like a big-ass middle finger. And I'm like, I feel like that's really accurate for a kangaroo. <laughs> you see it? It's like a giant middle finger. They have, like, three toes only. Yeah. They, so, yeah, they I have three toes that. with, like, what's well, kind of bigger old claws, With a giant middle finger. But the one in the middle is just, like, gigantic. And it's really kind of creepy, but also, like, just a big fuck you. It's great. Really big. I'm sure you're going to get into it, but the, their tails, too. How that's, like, a third leg. Exactly. So at slow speeds, they employ pentapedal locomotion, which is, like, five, which is... Shouldn't it be tripedal? Whatever. Because they do use their front when they're moving. Oh along. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Thank you. Yeah. Forward. So if you watch yeah. a yeah, yeah. If you watch a kangaroo moving, like it'll have its its hands or its forearms on the ground, mm-hmm. and then their tail will just like stabilize it as their back hind legs will move forward. Exactly. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. So like when they're going real slow, so under that comfortable hopping speed. Yeah. They're just going, like, from one spot to another, grazing around. Yes. They'll use their front hind legs, their back front hind legs. That's not... Their front forearms, <laughs> their hind legs, but then also their tail for m- movement. And their tail is just, like, a giant muscle. Like... Yeah. It, I wouldn't say it's It's not... Um, it's not prehensile. It's not prehensile, but it's still used, like, another leg. Yes, I knew. Well, legs aren't exactly prehensile no. for 
us so humans. well a lot also, of times tails are used as like another arm this is used as another leg yeah that's so. a good way of describing it i also really like how you you were struggling to find prehensile and then you made a movement with your hand and that's when i got it i'm glad you got it i did like this weird like serpentine motion with my arm <laughs> and she's like oh yeah <laughs> prehensile duh they just have the best faces. Megan's just now going through pictures of kangaroos. They also just like don't, look like they just don't give a fuck. And I love it. Are you going to be okay? No, this is Can you get through? Looks like an old man. That's why they're called old men. Oh. Oh my God. I feel God. like that wasn't that far of a leap to make, but. Uh, um, but yeah, so then I also have, they have a long muscular tail, obviously what I just said. They have pretty small heads in comparison to the rest of their body, which is kind of funny. Oh, one thing I saw and then did not look into but read is that apparently there's a link between hopping and um, the hopping action and breathing. Whoa. That, like, they'll calculate. I mean, I guess it makes sense, like, when you run, you kind of, like, breathe, like, in a certain rhythm. Yeah. But, like, with hopping, it will help with, like, exhaling and inhaling. Don't ask me follow-up questions, because I don't have any answers. Oh, don't worry. I can't even understand this enough to ask a follow-up question. Good. Perfect. Then we'll keep it in, for sure. (laughs) So different kangaroos have different diets. However, they are all strict herbivores. So they'll eat, like, different varieties of grass and stuff, but for the most part, not for the most part, they are all herbivores. (laughs) So all they are eating are grasses and plants. But because they are grazers, so they're grazing on on, uh, grass, they do have specialized teeth that are apparently rare among other mammals. Oh. So they're not like regular grazers. The incisors are able to crop grass close to the ground, and then the molars can chomp and grind the grass. Hmm. Their teeth also slowly move forward as they get older. What? Like... Do you remember what other animals do this? Oh, I was so excited. No. Slowly move forward. Manatees and elephants also have teeth like that. Now, wow. as they get older, you don't remember? Great. Whatever. <laughs> and then another thing that I thought was really cool is that they have a very similar diet to, like, cattle, other to, to ruminants. They are not a ruminant. So ruminants are, like... So cows, you know how cow people will be like, cows have four stomachs. That's partially too, true. Cows have one true stomach, but then they have three other like mechanical stomachs that do mechanical digestion and not chemical digestion. We did a lot of cow stomach dissections in college. And it's I feel like it's very well known that cows contribute a lot to greenhouse gases because of their burping. Yes. So because as a ruminant, they create a lot of methane. Burping, did you know, is also called eructation? 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 E-R-U-C-T-A-T-I-O-N. Eructation. Burping. Sorry, I just erupted. (laughs) So they'll eat a lot, and the chemical, they create methane, and then they burp it out. And methane's not great for the uh, atmosphere or uh, anything. So even though kangaroos eat a lot of the same things that cattle do, they have a different digestive system. Instead of methane as a byproduct, they're... They're, um, through the fermentation in their stomachs, it's converted into acetate, which is, like, not at all harmful for the environment. Wow. So they have, like, they're nothing, like, they burp Neutral. and it doesn't make a difference. That's so, cool. So, cows, figure your shit out. Damn it, cows. <laughs> Get a different digestive tract. But yeah, so they eat, even though they eat the same thing as cows, they're mm. grazers just like cows, the way that they digest it is, like, extremely different, which I just think is really interesting. It is. 
Um, and apparently a lot better for the climate, but it's fine. So that's uh, some diet. Kangaroo Society. Very, oh, I'm just picturing like a Downton Abbey. I was just kangaroos. thinking like high society yes. kangaroo because I'm still looking at this image that I Googled. Of the old man kangaroo. <laughs> I got, guys, I'm going to try to post it on Instagram, assuming it's not copyrighted somehow. So they typically live in groups of 10 or more. Reminder, those are called mobs. They have very complex structures comparable to different ungulates. Ungulates? Those are hooved animals. Exactly. So they actually, they're... The way that they kind of function is very similar. Uh, involves a lot of sniffing. A lot of uh, seeing uh, what what other people are doing and what's going on through uh, little sniffs. Exactly. That was uh, Maggie's Argos impression in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote... Uh, so in terms of mating, their sexy time comes in consort pairs. So they'll pair up, but they're not like mating for life. They'll okay. just pair up for a little bit. Oh, I liked this line that I verbatim took from Wikipedia. Oestrous females roam widely and attract the attention of males with conspicuous signals. So they're, uh, they're looking for the man. That's so funny. Isn't that great? Yeah, it's really great, actually. But yeah, so they're not, they live in these groups and they're not, they're not monogamous. They don't mate for life. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll spend like a couple days together when they're like, for sexy time. Sounds ideal. Yeah. Just a couple of days and I'm out of here. <laughs> Gotta go. Then I also read that there's fighting everywhere. There is. There <gasps> is. They fight a lot, but it's never like huge. Like, I mean, there are huge fights, but it's a lot of like, I feel like it's a lot of egos, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So they'll fight for ladies. The males, that is. Males typically will fight for access to females and they'll also fight for access to like drinking spots. Kind of, you know, pretty traditional in that sense. Most fights are preceded with two males starting to, starting by scratching and grooming each other. <laughs> I feel like it's like a way of scratch, like scratch. being like, oh yeah, like I'm just totally here to cut your hair. And like all of a sudden you punch your barber. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> That's what I'm assuming is happening. That's really funny. During the fighting, there's a lot of paw action. They'll often lock forearms and wrestle each other, kind of push each other. And they use their... Um, uh, tail a lot for balance during these fights. They ha- uh, have a very tall posture. They'll stand very tall. Yeah. And kind of paw at each other. Um, and also kick each other. Kickboxing. In, in I know. Uh, so I, if you haven't Googled this or seen this in the world. It's crazy. Go check out kangaroos kickboxing, kangaroos fighting, one or the other. And it's just so impressive to see yeah. how they like will balance on their tails and they'll just like flap each other in the fucking stomach or a human you know yeah and the hands that they've got pretty dexterous fingers i feel yeah. so like they'll just like whack. just whack at each other yeah it's crazy so they're doing a lot of fighting it's from what i read it's not like fighting to the death right no 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 one Never. walks away like all bloodied and goried i think it's more of like uh their ego is a little bruised yeah um, and these are usually fights, again, for females and for different positions at, like, the watering hole mm-hmm. kind of deal. But a lot of times it's to establish dominance, uh, hierarchies among males. Um, so I think it's, like, a lot of, like, smaller males, like, starting fights to, like, try and win. Mm. And they usually don't. But they're happening a lot. That's uh, throughout the animal kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> the little guy's like, I can do it! And then they can't. Those uh, young males. Young yeah. bucks. Something that I've glazed over... A very important part of kangaroos, that pouch life. That pouch life. Baby kangaroos, 
pouches, marsupials, what we talked about in the beginning. Um, so this, I just think it's so interesting. It's such a different way of being born. <laughs> so that pouch life, though. Uh, joeys are born. So joeys are baby kangaroos. Only 31 to 36 days after conception. Whoa. So they only grow inside, like in, in, in utero for a month. Wow. That's it. So when they are born, they're about the size of a lima bean. Only their forelimbs are developed. So they don't even have back legs yet. What? No way. And they basically, if you ever find, there's video of this. They, I don't know how they got it. But where, like, you will just watch these tiny little lima bean, like, red lima beans. They're so gross looking. Like, <laughs> army crawl up to the teat. And then they, like, latch their entire face because their, like, face is the size of the teat. And that's where they hang out for the next nine months. It's insane. This is, this is that's so weird. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. So they're these tiny, tiny things. They crawl on up and then they just attach themselves to a teeth. So then they're external. They're in this pouch. This is fascinating. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no. like, again, the way evolution works. Mm-hmm. Why did this kind of mammal marsupials evolve to be like you know what we don't need to birth live young let's birth them to an extent and then they just hang out in this little like pocket i've got in my fur yeah and uh then they can come out yeah i think it has something to do i didn't read that much into it but i know it has something to do with the climate the like hot arid climate it's an Mm. adaptation to that Whoa, that so makes sense that then a lot are in Australia. Yeah. So I think it might all, and this is just me speculating, but if you think about birth, birth when you're giving birth to a full grown like human, when they're much larger, it's much more complicated. It's a lot yeah. more energy. <gasps> giving birth to a lima oh. bean takes nothing. Right. So if you live in an area that's hot enough to do that, where like you can basically incubate them on the exterior part yeah. of your body, it's going to be a lot less risky. To, I mean, granted, you do have then a very, very small baby living on the outside of you, but which could it's still yeah. somewhat protect. It's still protected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's that's my theory. I wow. know that it does have something to do with the climate, but I didn't read that much. Fascinating. Much. Okay. Um, but so in comparison, if it was a human baby, mm-hmm. this would be the size. So 30 to 31, 31 to 36 days is when they give birth. Mm-hmm. The easiest birth in the world, I'm assuming. It would be like a human baby being born at seven weeks in comparative to like where oh they are Oh my gosh, you maturation. don't even know you're pregnant at seven weeks. Yep. Most preemies, are, if they're born less than 23 weeks, aren't mature enough to survive at that point. Wow. So think of just how, I mean, like I said, they don't even have back limbs at this point. And they army crawl up to, to the teat. <laughs> just think of an army crawling lima bean. Army it's crawl great. to the teat. Yes. That's... <laughs> That's this episode's name. So Joey is basically saying that, well, they'll stay in the pouch for, um, they'll feed. I'm sorry. Are you done? I just, I just choked on my own saliva. I've done that so many times. I've done that when I'm waiting tables. It's the most embarrassing it's thing. It's so embarrassing. It's just like, hi, can I <coughs> take your order? I'm so sorry. Man, have you ever talked to humans before? Are you okay? Never. So Joey's will feed on mama. Uh, for 18 months, oh. but at nine months is when they'll start to leave the pouch and come back in. And I don't know if you've ever seen a joey. Oh my gosh. When they hop out, it's like, oh, okay. But when they like literally like, dive head first oh, yeah. into mama's pouch it's and so then like cute. right side them up. And a lot of times like their feet are hanging, like their <laughs> big ass feet I are hanging photos. out. Like it's so funny. It's so funny. But basically kangaroos can like 
have so many babies. I mean, over the course of the lifetime, you mean, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Because, so, I mean, they do, so they could, so they have what's known as diapause, and there's about a hundred mammal species in the animal kingdom that have this, where they have the ability to freeze the development of embryos. Oh, so yes. This is kind of, there's a different, there's also like delayed implantation. We've talked about a couple different yeah. animals like that. So they're that. basically all these different methods for when, like, if food is low or like, you know, there's drought or something like that, mm-hmm. they can delay um, the development of babies because you don't want to bring a baby into the world where there's no food. Like, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. So they have that ability, but also because they only have. Basically, they just need time in the like outside of the pouch, mm-hmm. but because baby like newborns, you know, those like two month old kangaroos are so small, they can have a newborn, and they can also have like an older joey in their in their pouch, and then they can also have like an embryo frozen inside. Wow. So like they just have this weird Reserve. complex like. Basically, they can like always. Be but I wonder is the newborn is the newborn able to develop if they have a joey? So. Here's another cool thing is that kangaroo, female kangaroos are able to produce different kinds of milk. No. Yeah. What? So like, I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, I'm assuming like smaller newborns need a lot higher fat content or something in their milk. So they can, one teat can be for that newborn. That's again, constantly attached. So that's probably what signals it. Right. And that milk will be different than the milk produced for the older Joey. That's insane. Right? How does an animal just do that? Like, like, can you just imagine like, I'm going to, my left tit is for this guy. Right. My right is, is free for business. You know, like, isn't that insane? That's like one of my favorite kangaroo facts. What? My mind is blown right now. New question. Yeah. So if the, if the, Newborn is attached to the teat, mm-hmm. and the jo- other kid Joey yeah. is hopping around. Like, does it hurt the newborn when it goes in and out of the pouch? Because like, I would assume not. Like, it bumps into there it. There must be. I don't know. I don't. I don't know the location of all the teats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there, it must be in a way that the newborn's not affected by the wow. by the older Joey. So, because I was, I was thinking like, well, if they have a newborn and a Joey. The joey is just going to take all the resources, kind of like mm-hmm. when other animals have more than one young, yeah. the stronger will survive, yeah. or the older, you know? That happens in birds, yeah. mammals, everything, so. Yeah. Wow. I think in this case, especially because they only give, it's only one at a time, there's no, as far as I could see, cases of, like, twins or anything. Yeah. But yes. yeah, isn't that just crazy? Yes. Like, that's, I think that's, like, the coolest thing about kangaroos. That's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so in terms of conservation, let's talk. Let's wrap this up because I feel like I've been talking forever, <laughs> um, and not necessarily well. Honestly, the thing I had most worked out was the uh, pouch embryo deal. Fascinating, fascinating. <laughs> All those joeys. So in terms of conservation, if you're a bigger kangaroo, you're doing better than a smaller kangaroo. Aww. So um, kangaroos generally are least concerned, while smaller, all the different smaller wallaby species are a little bit more in trouble, and that's because large kangaroos have adapted much better to like land being cleared for pastures and for agriculture and all those habitat changes they can just adapt better Mm -hmm. and smaller wallabies can't yeah um interesting which is really a bummer so there's many smaller species that are rare and endangered while kangaroos are plentiful sometimes to uh problematic levels (laughs) yes because they are in fact hunted kind of like deer are here in north america right? they're very much like the deer of australia but generally speaking uh they are not really a threat 
to humans. Mm -hmm. Like, they tend to keep to themselves. I mean, they're really fucking strong, and people, especially probably tourists, are very interested in kangaroos, and so... I can I can attest. Yeah, I'm very as a tourist. I was yeah. very interested in kangaroos, but I didn't approach them at yes. a, an unsafe distance. I think compare compare it to like bison in Yellowstone. And bison like want to keep themselves, but tourists approach them all the time, and that's when conflict arises. Tourists like get the fuck away from me. Don't which be is a fucking asshole. Generally speaking, they don't pose a threat to humans. They're not bloodthirsty kangaroos going out there. But if they are, if you do approach them. I mean, did you not hear about how big they are and how yeah. strong they are? Like, they can kick the fuck out of you. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> so stay away from them. Um, they don't have a lot of natural predators throughout uh, Australia. They do have human predators. Um, <laughs> right. So it is legal. Uh, it's regulated to hunt kangaroos in Australia. And sometimes it's encouraged because there are very large populations of kangaroos. Yeah. Another problem is car collisions. Again, similar, they're the deer of Australia. We have, you know, deer crossing signs. There's kangaroo crossing signs in Australia. There are. Again, I can attest. <laughs> because they, they'll they cross and they're, again, gigantic. So it's problematic for the kangaroos and it's problematic for cars. <laughs> Generally speaking, if you're a larger kangaroo, you're mm-hmm. doing all right. Okay. Um, and, But the smaller species are a bit more rare, a bit more endangered. Okay. But yeah. Those that kangaroos. Sounds, that's my kangaroos. Kangaroos. Once again, I I could I can see. I don't know if you can tell. I can tell within my notes what day I took what notes and what I was doing. <laughs> but uh, I think I just got really excited about the. I love kangaroos because yes, there and then again I was like oh, the kangaroos. It's easy. No, there's, there's like, a lot. There's a lot. It. And so I think everyone should look up more information to supplement the information I just gave you. Mm. You're welcome. Well, I'm excited for your animal because you were super excited and I I feel like more prepared than I was. I don't know if I'm necessarily more prepared, just really excited. I made a very, it was a very low bar, so I'm sure you can clear it. (laughs) Do I get to guess? Yes. Okay. So I don't know how to give you a a clue without it being really obvious or really hard. Make it hard. Okay. I like a challenge. That's what she said. (laughs) Make it hard. (laughs) Speaking of a sexy time. Oh, God. Okay. Make it hard. So there are more than two dozen species of this animal worldwide. And... They are classified in... I was like, you're going to have to get, like... (laughs) That's not hard. That's impossible. And they're classified into Old World and New World. You mean monkeys? No. No. And they're, uh... Okay, here's a hint. Uh, There's a very good chance I'm going to see one in my new home state of Maine. Squirrels? No. Like, what would I have a very good chance to see in Maine that I wouldn't fucking Loons? see? No. Moose. No, no there's not. There's, there's definitely one. not more than two Listen, I'm going rogue here. Let's I'm think. not done. I'm not done. Okay. I'll give you, I'll, I, I'm ready for in the next Maine. Water birds? Mm-mm. I thought squirrels was pretty solid. It is a rodent. First of all, gross, but. Just wait. Um, chipmunks? No. <laughs> There's 20, well, chipmunks are a lot of species, but. There are! Uh, old world okay. and new world? It's, it's Latin name means quill pig. Oh, hedgehogs! <laughs> Porcupine? Yes! 
could easily yeah. be a hedgehog. It could easily be a hedgehog, but like they're not. I guess I didn't realize there were so many species of. Aren't there only like eight species of porcupine? No, there's over two dozen, like twenty nine, in fact. Definitely thought there were eight. Don't know where that number came from. Definitely. Anyway, I'm excited because I yeah. fucking love porcupine. So the reason I chose them is because the guy that I'm seeing. He is constantly teasing me about, A, our podcast, because he listens all the time. Hey, what's up? And then, B, he's like, these animals aren't real, Maggie. They're they're mythical. They Porcupine? don't exist. He's like, he's like I've they're... seen two in the wild. What the fuck? I've never seen any. Can I give you a hint of how to look for them? You got to look in the trees. Yes! No, the first time I ever saw a porcupine, I was hiking, and I don't remember where. It was probably somewhere in New York. But we were hiking, and the way, like, the path was, you would be... Your path was up high, like, uh-huh. towards the top of the trees. Like, it, there was a very steep drop. So yeah. you could see the tops of the trees. That's so cool. And we saw a porcupine. Fuck. And I remember I was probably, like, seven years old. But I just remember that. And then, like, two years ago, we went on a trip with some friends cross-country, and we were keeping a species list of yeah. all the species we saw. And I was determined to find a porcupine. And we were in this one wildlife reserve, I think, in, like, uh, Idaho, maybe? And I was like, I'm going to find us a goddamn porcupine. And I kept looking in the trees. Amazing. And sure enough, I found us a fucking porcupine. Ugh. I also found us a great horned owl with three chicks, which was also cool. That's impressive. Yes. it was. We hit over 100 species on that trip. Fuck yes. Most of them were birds. But porcupines so, were on it. Porcupines. Sorry. I need... Uh, so... I'll let m- you go. My notes are titled, It's Not a Real Animal. <laughs> Thank you. All of my research was done with intermittent laughter. Yes. So I'm, that's partially why I'm so excited right now. Great. They are they are separated into old world porcus, which I wrote in my notes, which I later what? read as porcus. No, porcus. Because no. I just started abbreviating porcupine because... Oh, that's your own abbreviation. My, it's my own abbreviation because I just got tired of typing porcupine. It's, just, you know, those extra four letters really... <laughs> Screw you over. Pine. So old world porcus are called Histricidae. Histricidae. And then the new world are classified as, or called Erythizontidae. Erythizontidae. Nailed it. As I said, their Latin name roughly means quill pig. It is a rodent. There are more than two dozen species of them from the North American porcupine that we are familiar with here mm-hmm. to the African crested <gasps> whose, whose quills are like a foot in length. We'll get into the Gorgeous. Quills. They can live five to seven years, 12 to 35 pounds. They're like two to three feet big-ish mm-hmm. with an eight to 10 inch tail. Um, they're like Ollie sized. They're like Ollie sized and National Geographic. National Geographic. National Geographic description compares them to the size of a teacup, which I found very interesting. Fun what? fact. I don't know why. Why'd you do that, Nat Geo? Why? What? Yeah. I don't. I, g- Google it. Like, I'm not lying. Is that um, like babies? No. The oh. whole thing. Interesting. So you said, like, where do you find them? Mm-hmm. Look to the trees in North America and South America. They are often found in trees. They will climb trees. That's where they hang out during the day. They'll come down, like, when they need to relocate to a tree, a new tree, because that's that they eat. We'll get into what they eat, but, like, roughly bark and stuff. Some species, like the Mexican hairy dwarf park porcupine. Oh. Have prehensile tails that help them to climb, kind of like opossums. Isn't there also, do you talk at all about the prehensile-tailed porcupine? Wait, that's what I'm talking about right now. Oh, is that, 
the same. The, the Mexican hairy dwarf por- porcupine is one of the prehensile tailed. There's one that's just called prehensile tailed porcupine. Okay. Well, no, I don't specifically talk about that one. Oh, okay. But that Mexican hairy one, he's yes. got a really big Sorry. ugly nose and feet. It's gross. Google it. Uh, is the, it this one? Yeah, maybe. Oh, they've um, got the biggest nose. The North American porcupine is supposedly the largest of them all. And they eat wood. They'll nosh on bark and stems, even canoes and picnic benches. Did you say nosh? Nosh, yeah. Don't you know what that, that means? Don't you nosh on things? I don't know. I mean, I probably do, but I don't usually use the word nosh. Nosh, yeah. You're like, you're feeling peckish. They can <gasps> also different. eat fruit, leaves, and springtime buds. So springtime earlier, buds. I mentioned old world and new world. Old world porcupines refer to those that are found in Europe, Africa, and Asia. New World refers to North and South America. In Africa, Europe, and Asia, they're found in grasslands, deserts, and forests. And they're good at swimming, but they don't so much climb trees like they do in North and South America. So basically, porcupines are everywhere, Nick. Um, So they exist. Um. (laughs) They fucking exist. Uh, Okay, so this is adorable. Do you know what a baby porcupine is called? A spike. That that would be all right, but no. A prick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I take it back. I don't know. A porcupet. <laughs> that sounds like a kind of neopet it's or so like a cute. Pokemon. I can't deal with it. Oh my god. That's super cute. Depending on the species, they have one to four. They are born with soft quills at birth because oh. otherwise that would be exceptionally oh painful. Oh god. And then those quills harden within a few days, and they can live on their own around two months. So, I, I haven't really described porcupines in no. terms of what they look like. Yes, please. If you are unfamiliar, they look like a pincushion. <laughs> so, they're, they're a big rodent that has, like, hair that looks like they just stuck their finger in a light socket. <laughs> or something. And it just went... Accurate. Yeah. They have soft fur on their face and on on their belly, but their back end and tails are covered in these quills, which are sharp and barbed, and they're made from keratin, which I feel like is a common theme for animals. Lots of keratin everywhere. Like, you know, uh, sharks and rhinos. I don't... Sharks, I lied. That's more... That's cartilage. That's cartilage. It's the... the Rhinos, though. (laughs) Back to rhinos. uh. And rhinos. (laughs) Have you heard about the rhinos? That's basically just my everyday conversations. So rhinos, though. (laughs) No, but other things also have keratin. (laughs) Can I also not think of any off the top of my head other than rhinos? No, but this isn't my fact. So literally, last last couple episodes we've talked about keratin. Hundred percent. Well, tweet us if you rhinos. Okay, so um, porcupines have roughly 30,000 quills. Fuck. It's a lot, I know. So in the old world, the crested porcupines, that's like in Africa, and they are called crested because they have particularly large quills that form a mohawk display from their neck down to their back in quills marked with black and white bands. Quote, unquote, they display their weaponry for all to see. Me so, too. So when when a porcupine is startled, it will like pick up its quills, which are usually just kind of yeah plastered back along their back. I feel like if you th- see like a dog when they get like a little like 
perturbed. And like, the back of their, like, the yeah. hairs on the back of their neck stand up. They're, it's like that, but you have quills instead. That has a, so that it's has your a whole name. body. Oh my gosh, my old neighbor used to say, calm down, bandit, you're, what's it called on the back of their neck? The fur on the back of a dog's neck. is Scruff? Called, no. Heckles! Heckles! Yeah! He'd be like, calm down, bandit, put your heckles down. So yeah, porcupines kind of got like heckles. They were but they're just, just covered in giant quills. So if they're disturbed, it's then it's just like, terrifying. <laughs> So, of course, this weaponry of theirs, the protruding or the enacting, erecting of their quills, yes. it has a name. What is it? Because the animal kingdom, it, it's the animal kingdom, the name makes no sense to what they are actually oh, doing. Love it. It's called a skirt. What? <laughs> and that's that what makes it's... less sense than no sense. Yeah. <laughs> that makes negative sense. So yeah, when it's like they, they're wearing a skirt. Yeah, when they erect their quills, it's called their skirt. You know when ladies get upset and they just and lift like, their Wah! skirt? Oh my god. It's the same thing. So yes, the quills lie flat unless the porcupine is threatened, at which point they can make them stand on end because the quills are are at the base of every quill, there's just a bunch of muscles that control them. Oh. Um and it makes the porcupine a pie appear two to three times bigger. And if this doesn't scare the shit out of a predator, the pork will stamp its feet and grunt to appear intimidating. I see that I keep in... in, in you keep uh, just changing up what you call them. I keep abbreviating and shortening what I'm writing. Basically, there's just going to be P eventually. Hmm. Have you ever seen... I don't know... I always think of, like, porcupines and skunks as similar, even though yes. they're probably not that, skunk, that similar. They kind of are. But, like, baby skunks, when they get mad, they'll just stamp their little feet around. So that's what porcupines do. It's so cute. It's a warning sign. It's a warning sign to predators. Mm -hmm. And I'll get into the North American porcupines in a minute, but but for the sake of this, where this conversation has led. Sorry. The, the North American porcupines will not only stamp their feet, they'll first they'll like blow themselves up to make bigger, yeah. to make themselves appear bigger. And then they'll stamp their feet and they'll grunt. And then they will actually emit a scent that is oh. not as pungent as okay. a skunk's. Yeah. But it's like still back off. You yeah. don't want any piece of this. And then the quills are their last line of defense. I feel like basically, and the same goes with, well, skunks can be, I feel like, a little more reactive, but with like porcupines, they're giving you enough warning to get the fuck away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you ever get struck by a porcupine quill, it's your own damn It's your own damn fault. fault. I know. Say that to all the dogs that have quills and their snouts. You're always homeward bound. Yes. Ah! <laughs> Such a good movie. Um, Let us know if you get that reference, because we're not going to go into it. <laughs> Please. So, other old word porks have hollow quills that are much shorter, and they can rattle and make noise to Ooh. ward off threats. You know. Yeah. Oh, um, I know. If the noise doesn't work, they'll charge backward at their predator and stab them. Can you... It's so hard to walk backwards. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Preface. I did a summer where I, like, gave tours around a wildlife refuge. Oh, and, you and so you have to, like, backwards. walk backwards as, like, a tour guide when you're talking. I can't imagine you And I was that. like, I cannot do this in front of a group of middle school students. <laughs> Because if I fall, yeah. I will be devastated. Oh my gosh, so embarrassed. In it's front of so, middle schoolers, right? that's the worst. It'd be the worst. Mm. Anywho, I'm impressed by porcupines. So yeah, they will charge backwards at their predator and stab them. New world <laughs> porcupines impressed. generally have much shorter quills than the crested ones. Mm -hmm. But they'll have a similar response when they're threatened. Is uh, there a they'll... reason that they're shorter? Just evolution. Okay. Like they haven't had enough time to make them even longer. Take them really long. Yeah. Gotcha. They'll They're new. They'll puff up their quills kind of like a pincushion. And this is really funny. 
they'll often just sit after they've puffed themselves up, which I find hilarious because they'll just be like, nope, not going anywhere. If you've ever seen a porcupine in a video in person, they waddle. They're very slow, but it's because they don't need to be fast. They've got covered in knives. You don't need to be fast. So I I wrote this in quotes because uh, I loved whatever source I got it from. They are nature's finest example of passive resistance. <laughs> Love it. Uh, it's so great. But if in North American or New World, porcupine is still feeling threatened, they'll start to chatter their teeth to sound more aggressive. Yeah, just like that. Thank you. And if all else fails, they'll whap a predator with their quill-infested tails. Infested? I I don't know why I wrote that, but it sounded good. Very dramatic. So, they cannot shoot their quills at a predator, Mm -mm. but they do detach easily, which is why people will think... That myth has kind of grown. Yes. Also really funny, when they shake, much like a dog will shake after it gets out of the water, the quills can come flying off as they lose their hair. So, just be careful. So, if you see a porcupine starting to shake, run away! So, are quills like a modified hair? Yeah! Yeah, I mean, like, think about all of the female shampoos that are, like, keratin-infused. It's to make your hair stronger. so that you can become a porcupine. Exactly. Basically, I want my head covered in quills. Oh, my gosh. It's, like, a step above Medusa. There we go. Mm. Terrifying. So quills have sharp tips, as you know, likely, as you likely know. And they have the, 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 mm, there's overlapping scales or barbs that make them difficult to remove once they're stuck in another animal's skin. Yes. Barbs, think of like a fish hook. Yeah, exactly. My cousin once got one stuck in his face. and uh, Fish hook or a quill? What? A fish hook or a quill? Oh, a fish hook. Sorry. Okay. He got a fish hook stuck in his face. That's and sounds- it has a little barb at the end, oh. which may- prevents it from coming back out. Ouch. Which is uh, painful. Can you imagine? Porcupines do grow new quills to replace the ones they lose. Mm. So... So they'll have, like, little tiny baby quills? Yes. Much like my eyelashes. Oh. Um, you'd think that with these quills, they wouldn't have any predators, but humans hunt them in Africa. Lions will eat them. Here in North America, the fisher is their worst nightmare. Um, If you don't know what a fisher is, think of a large weasel. They're very feisty. They are. I saw one in my new home state of Maine. What? Just this past week. That's insane. Very cool. So they don't just eat fish, despite their name. Yes. But they're very wily and smart, and they will... They, they have learned how to attack a porcupine and get it onto its back, back so that they can just eat its belly. To get at the soft parts. Yes. Porcupines are highly territorial. Mm-hmm. They are nocturnal. So it is difficult to see them during the day unless you are, like you said, hiking in tree level. Yeah. You gotta in look the in the trees because that's where they're going to sleep. And now that we've all been wondering, how do they mate? <laughs> yes. Oh, wait. I feel like this is a story. <sighs> The answer is carefully. (laughs) Fair. Males will vie for the selection of a female, and if he wins, like, they'll just, like, poke and prod at each other and kind of scratch at one another. Nice. So it's it's not very painful. Not very painful. I didn't actually find out if they will quill one another. Accidentally. Accidentally. I mean, I feel like that would be a waste of your quills. It would. So probably not. Let's say no. If the male wins, he will whine and smack the ground with his tail. If the female seems interested, he'll spray her with his urine. Oh, cute. Which is indication to lower her quills. And 
move her tail aside so that he may mate with her. I do <laughs> recommend Googling a Brazilian porcupine and a Bahia hairy dwarf por- porcupine. Bahia spelled B-A-H-I-A. Because I think both of them are adorable. Cute. They are cute. Yeah. It's so fun. Like, they're, the tiny little quilts to their face. Have you ever heard, watched or heard a porcupine eating? Wait. Let's see if you can hear this. Yeah, I think Teddy Bear found some pumpkins for Halloween. What'd you find, Ted? Lady. Porcupines eating something. Eating pumpkins usually a pretty good. They're just like the most vocal out of any creature. I feel like when they're eating. Oh also like that was adorable. I also make those yummy sounds when I eat, but like (laughs) never to that extent. It's so cute. Um, so thank you to Teddy Bear and his uh, Halloween feast, as this video is labeled. (laughs) Google that. (laughs) Oh my god. It's so cute. So, conservation of porcupines. Thank you. Bring us back. Worldwide, uh, they're just listed as vulnerable. They are That's no good. longer in populated parts of Africa. That is because they are being hunted. Oh, are they part of, like, bushmeat? Yeah. Mm. Uh, they are also hunted for food in Brazil. And generally, they are losing habitat everywhere, much like every other animal on the planet. Yep. But especially in the Amazon to make room for cocoa plantations. Ah. So I think, y'all, we've gotten into this trend of just paying attention to the fact that humans are expanding and ruining habitat for all the rest of the world. Yep. Yep. Mm, so on that note. Yep. So th- that's uh, that's that's porcupines. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. That was so good. It was I know, so much better than what I did. I don't know that it was. It was very quick, but... You know, I just kind of went boom, boom, boom. But just like good. just like shaking quills. Oh, wow. Um, that was fantastic. Love porcupines. I they love are, porcupines. in fact, real. We should go on a quest to find porcupines. I can help you. Come visit. I have quite the eye for porcupines. <sighs> I've seen two in the wild. <laughs> um. So, yeah, everybody, this is just a reminder. We're animal enthusiasts. We're not scientists. So please do your research when you want to research porcupines and kangaroos. Yeah, do better than what we just did. Do better. I just, I just did. We are here to get you excited about them like we are. Mm-hmm. We're not going to give you the full lowdown Mm-mm. down low. That'd be too easy. Would be. But I would like to say... Thank you for joining us this episode. Tune in next time when we learn about more animals, the threats they face, and what people are doing about it. You forgot about their biology and habitat. This is why we have to read directly See? from the fucking prompt. All right, you guys know what it is. We'll we'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>